Welcome to episode five of the Seeking the Military Suicide Solution podcast brought to you by the Military Times. I'm Dwayne France. And I'm Doc Shauna Springer. And we'd like to thank you for taking the time to learn more about suicide in the military-affiliated population. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Mill Media Group. Mill Media Group is a proven web design and digital media agency specializing in supporting organizations focusing on the military population. Find more about them at millmediagroup.com. Thanks again to everybody for joining us to listen to the conversation about service member veteran and military family suicide. Our guest today is Dr. Eugene Lipoff. Shauna, what would you like to tell us about Gene? Yeah, so Dr. Eugene Lipoff is a board-certified physician in anesthesiology and pain management who's been practicing in the field of pain management since 1990. He's an assistant professor of surgery at University of Illinois, completing medical school um, at Northwestern in 1984 with an anesthesia residency at University of Illinois in 1989 and advanced pain training in 1990. But Dr. Lipov, more than anything, is he's a pioneer and he's really pioneered the adaptation of a sympathetic block in the neck called stellate ganglion block, SGB as it's known, for treating post-traumatic stress. Um, in the book Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell talks about this idea of the 10,000-hour rule. And he says that the key to achieving world-class expertise in any skill is to a large extent a matter of practicing the correct way for over or around 10,000 hours. And by that definition, Dr. Lipov is a master three or four times over uh, when it comes to this. So he's been doing SGB over the course of his 30 years in the field. And since he adapted it for use with PTS, he's done hundreds of stellate ganglion block procedures over 14 years with those who have served in the military. So because of this, his methods and his understanding are really light years ahead of anyone else in the field. In the past year, I've personally referred about 20 patients to him. And as you know, Dwayne, I'm not really a true believer by nature, but I have to say what I've observed is really compelling. Um, his treatment with stellate ganglion block has transformed the lives of everyone I referred to him. And he's literally saved the lives of a few of my prior patients. There are several who have called me in a state of suicidal crisis who are now feeling lasting relief from their symptoms, who view the future in a totally different way, much more hopeful now. So this may be one of the most important uh, conversations we host on this podcast, um, but I'm excited to get into it. And, uh, you know, I really, I like brave people. And so I'm honored that Dr. Lipov is joining us for this conversation. Oh, I agree. Um, as I often say to people is, uh, you know, suicide is not the problem to be solved. It's the symptom of an underlying issue. And for many veterans um, who are in a place of suicidal crisis, those underlying issues are um, suffering with things like post-traumatic stress and the, the increased anxiety and the hypervigilance and things like that. Um, and so, uh, it, it, Dr. Lipoff is not someone who would normally be on a list of suicide prevention experts. He would be on this list of people that are treating one of the conditions that leads to suicide. But that's what we wanted to do is bring somebody on the show that, look, this is a novel, unique uh, intervention that is actually working, uh, that this can be one piece of the puzzle. So I really appreciated my conversation with Gene. Uh, let's get into that, and we'll come back afterwards to pull out some of the key points.
I know about the neurological basis for PTSD. Um, obviously, it is, it is much uh, neurological, it is psychological. And the work that you have done uh, really addresses the neurological aspect of PTSD uh, using stellate ganglia box. So really to get started, I guess, if you can uh, give us sort of an understanding of what it is and, and maybe how it works. Sure. Well, thank you very much for having me, Juan. Um, so I, I think it's very hard to separate psychologic from biologic because if the brain is not there, there's no psychologic anything. Right. And then that's why working with amazing people like Dr. Springer, it's really great to be able to have people evaluate and make the correct diagnosis. And after we do physiological intervention to do the follow-up and really to be able to help them get to the ultimate goal, which is functioning to the pre-trauma state, I believe. So if, if I may, I'd like to tell you what I believe PTSD is and what it's not. So what it's not is this amorphous, non-specific issue. While if you look at the physiologic aspect of it, uh, what happens is when somebody is traumatized, being military or non-military, then body produces something called NGF, nerve growth factor, which promotes sprouting or increased growth of sympathetic fibers, which is fight and fly fibers. And the longest that condition is maintained, people have increased norepinephrine around the brain and norepinephrine kind of activates the body or the brain. Specifically, the part that seems to be overactivated is called the amygdala on the right side. Amygdala is the anger and fear center of the brain. So functional MRIs or biologic scan and a test scan can demonstrate that, which is really cool because you can actually help diagnose a biologic change in the brain. And then I think if people understand that, it's much easier to come to grips with PTSD. Is it's not a weakness of the soul or something like that. It's actually a biologic change. And you can do psychological support, but sometimes it's just not enough. And that's when we do stellar ganglion block on the right side. And it seems to reduce the sympathetic overgrowth. It's called pruning. Neuroscientists like those terms. And then it seems to reduce too much sympathetic fight and flight system overactivation. So norepinephrine drops, and then people feel markedly better within 10, 15 minutes of a procedure, which is pretty amazing to see. I never get tired of seeing that, and the response can last for years. That's kind of, in a nutshell, what, it, what we're doing. Yeah, and, and that's great. I often, usually when I meet with a, a veteran client for the first time, I describe this, um, the, the neurological, the biological aspect of PTSD. And for many of the clients, it's the first time they'd heard about it, right? You know, it's, um, they've been told for years that it's, it's all in your head, meaning you're making it up, not it's all in your head, the fact that it's in your brain. Uh, but really describe this, uh, the, the amygdala, the hippocampus, I describe that as sort of the, the gas pedal. Uh, but then our prefrontal lobe is sort of the governor that keeps the RPMs from going too high. And, and really, um, the, the hyperactivity um, of the lower part of the brain and the amygdala and, and that, uh, that's basically what caused a lot of the distress symptoms, the emotional symptoms, as you said, the anger and fear um, or anxiety and the, um, and the hypervigilance and things like that. Um, it, it, so it, that's how I sort of describe it to my clients. Would that be accurate? I think you're exactly right on because one of the, it's kind of interesting, one of the people who followed my work, he gave me a story about a SEAL or a special ops uh, operator, and then he had horrible experience out in the field, and then he was taking some very strong medication, atypical antipsychotics, 
and that kept him pretty sleepy and tired. Uh, not too bad, but he was able to function. So he had a stellar ganglion block, and then he fell asleep driving a car. So it's exactly, I use the same terminology. You have the gas pedal, which is the amygdala, and you have the brake, frontal cortex. But in this case, it was also the medication. So when he took the foot of the gas pedal, the brake was too much, and that's why he fell asleep. Exactly the same thing. So See, I totally and, agree with that. And, and it is uh, PTSD, um, and the show obviously is about um, uh, seeking the suicide solution, but suicide is a lagging indicator of an underlying problem. And for a lot of service members, but even family members who may have secondary traumatic stress and things like that, um, the uh, stellate ganglion block is something that you know helps reduce the trauma, which then in turn helps reduce um, suicidal ideation. Have you seen that? Well, yeah, very much. Uh, if I may, I would say it doesn't help reduce the trauma. It, it helps reduce the after effect of trauma. Would you agree with that? Right, right. It, you can't it, change the trauma. Yes. It's already right, happened. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd like to give you an example of one person. Kind of, to me, it's all about examples. You know, you're old when you have a story about everything. So one of the guys we treated, um, he came in and he was in Vietnam. His name is Raleigh Shawns. He was on uh, a national show with me in 2012. He came in and he was very distraught. And in fact, I was having opening over institute and um, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't come in because there were too many people. A lot of people with severe PTSD, as you probably know, they're agoraphobic and they're really very anxious in crowds. And so he came in and then he said, do you mind doing procedures? So I did the procedure. So he later said, I was actually thinking of suicide before I did the procedure. Right after he did it, I really didn't want to do that anymore. And the reason that happens is because I gave a speech in American Psychiatric Association 2015, and that for that I researched what causes suicidal, what, what are the trends that lead to suicide, and it seems to be two things, and I'd like to know your experience. One is they have severe sleep difficulties, and two, overreactivity stimuli, and that's where Stellate actually works on the, math, the best. Overreactivity and sleep dysfunction really drives people crazy because you don't sleep well enough, you never feel right by yourself. And then this guy, Raleigh, had 40 years of psychotherapy, 4-0. So my point to him, you know, somewhere you have to stop. Mm -hmm. There are some really good trauma-informed psychotherapists, but I'm sure nobody is going to recommend 40 years of therapy that does not work. Somewhere you just got to go. <laughs> and he's right, doing right. great. He had two injections. And, and I think that's, uh, that's key. You know, like you said, at some point we have to figure out something that doesn't work. And that's where we're at, especially with, the, with suicide, is, is we keep throwing things at it um, and, and the same old problems. You know, maybe we, we know the numbers of two years ago, uh, but if we're doing the same thing today that we were doing in 2018, then we're going to get 2018 numbers in 2020. Um, but you're and so yes, it is trying to figure out how to do something different, uh, and the SGB is is exactly that. Um, uh, you know, yes, I absolutely do see that insomnia is a significant factor, uh, sleep deprivation, and and we were trained for it in the military, right? You know, this we were we were proud of of being able to operate on on you know minimal sleep for an extended period of time, but that doesn't necessarily translate to post military life. So that is a a um, sort of a life factor that Im impacts it. The way that I always describe suicide to my clients is that it's an attempt to stop pain. Um, physical pain, obviously those individuals in, in extreme physical chronic pain, 
um, emotional pain, the depression, the anger, the anxiety, moral pain, right? It, but, and so it's, it is an attempt to stop pain and more explicitly an attempt to stop suffering. Um, and for many service members and their families, they think that's the only way to stop the suffering. But from my understanding, that's what SGB does is it reduces these symptoms and relieves the pain, quote unquote, and, and in some ways, I think very literally, um, so that suicide is no longer an option. Um, well, kind of. So let me let me give my perspective. Being a pain physician, I'm very sensitive to the term pain. Okay, sure. Do for a living, right? <laughs> You're right. Right. Great. Uh, but you know, if you look at the, so we have a non-for-profit, the RHPTSD now, and I'm not trying to necessarily push that, but you know, our subtitle is "Stop the Misery." It's not necessarily pain; it's the misery of existence. So the service members, military and non-military people we've treated, basically, you know, they have a very similar report. My life is just pure misery, and there's no hope. So to me, suicide actually is lack of hope. I think especially military service members can deal with a lot of pain. But if they know that there's nothing else to do, they keep doing the same thing, they're making everybody around them miserable, they're miserable, what's the point of living? Once you lose hope, that's a big issue. And then to me, the great thing about Stelly Ganglion Block, it works in about 20, 30 minutes. So people walk in and they walk out totally differently. The family members, significant others see a difference. And the other part that's really cool about it, the compliance is not a problem for us. Somebody comes in, they get a treatment, they feel different. And success rate is in, let's say, 80%, which is pretty high compared, compared to regular stuff. But if you look at that, the compliance is a big problem, right, for conventional therapeutics. Here, there's a significant mm-hmm. difference. So that's kind of my answer. You know, and, and it's a great point. Um, and, and I think that uh, you have just caused me to uh, modify my terminology because, yes, that, that is uh, even more correct. It's, it's the way to stop the misery. Whereas, you know, in, in being non-medical but clinical, you know, obviously applying pain, uh, the term pain, um, but you're exactly right. And it's, it's misery um, and it's the absence of hope that this will ever stop. Hi, I'm Melissa Mosier. I'm a local Army spouse, daughter, sister, and a proud team member of Mill Media. I'm here at our headquarters at the Great Fort Head, Texas. Mill Media is a military-affiliated team that wants to serve you the way that you served our country, with mostly military retirees, veterans, and families as our staff. We understand the military mindset. Mill Media is the one place that prioritizes your goals above all else, which you will see from our incredible customer service. With over 25 years of experience, we work with everyone from startups, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. Mill Media Group is the digital division of Top Search Business Solution that specializes as a web design and digital marketing platform. So visit our website today for a free website analysis so that you can sit back, relax, and let us give you the perfect online presence. To hear more about what Mill Media is doing and will continue to do, call me today at 254-554-0974 or visit our website. That's millmediagroup.com. So call me whenever you're ready. a stretch to say that you restore hope, but by relieving these symptoms, um, hope is restored. So, well, so I'll tell you what my patients are telling me. So it, it does offer hope. And in fact, some people don't, don't have a stellar ganglion block, which kind of 
counterintuitive, but they say, you know, this is our last hope. We, what happens if it doesn't work? Because we tell people it doesn't work on everyone, right? So we're not saying necessarily we're going to, you know, hope restorer is way too big of a term. But to me, I think especially men look at anything like why, you know, Einstein said expecting different results from doing the same thing is insanity, right? So if somebody knows you're going to do the same thing, there's, how could you have hope? Because you already tried this. So here he tries something totally different. And at least to me, it gives a lot of hope that there is a good chance it's going to work for you. And you don't have to, the other part, you don't have to tell people, well, wait another six months. And unfortunately, medication takes months to years to work, if ever, right? And that, that is a very different dynamic here. So that's why I really like that. Being a man, it's like, you know, I'd like to do something which helps and we're done. You don't have to talk about it. You know, feel better. Now go seek appropriate psychiatric treatment. Now reintegrate with your family. Don't be an asshole, but have a great life. Right? That, I mean, <laughs> I used to be a trauma surgeon, so I'm pretty direct. Right, right. So, and, and it might be helpful uh, for listeners to understand what actually uh, a stellate ganglion block is. You kind of uh, talked about it in the very beginning, um, but, but what is the actual procedure? This is a medical procedure. This isn't, this isn't therapy. Absolutely not. Well, first of all, I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I, I don't know much about psychiatry. I'm an anesthesiologist. So typically, anesthesiologists are not really, we do not participate as a specialty in psychiatric care normally. However, uh, through an interesting set of circumstances, I was able to figure out that a old procedure called stellar ganglion block since been done since 1925 has market effect on PTSD. So let me just walk through the procedure, if I may. So the patient comes in, we do the usual uh, evaluation, like for any medical procedure, make sure everything's fine. We put an IV in. Uh, IV is done for safety. Some people want to go to sleep, some do not. So I want to stay up for that. Uh, again, as anesthesiologist, I'm very comfortable giving people sedation and other physicians give it to them. Patients lie on their back. Uh, we numb up the skin. I use fluoroscopic guidance, so x-ray to figure out where we're going. Numb up the skin on the right side of the Adam's apple. And then we place a needle to that area under guidance. And then put a little dye in, make sure there's no issues. And put local anesthetic in. What we put in is called bupivacaine the same drug that's used on pregnant women. So, you know, it's pretty safe. It's been around 50 years. So everything that's used for this procedure is old. What's new is a new indication. I was able to determine that this particular procedure has marked impact on PTSD rapidly. But I've been doing stellar ganglion blocks for 30 years. For PTSD, I've been doing it for 14 years. And so in, in, uh, it just so happened that um, I had a random encounter when I was in Dallas um, over the, the summer of 2019 um, with a Marine Corps veteran um, who had received a stellar ganglion block. And he volunteered the fact that he had gotten SGB. And he did say that it was something that had changed his life um, and reduced symptoms. Um, and and he also said that it helped him engage in therapy better after that because he said, I still had all of these different things. And so he still had to manage these things in his life. And this is what I always tell clients um, for me is this is what maybe some medications can do. It can sort of calm the waters so you can learn the skills to be able to manage these issues. I, I generally understand it's the same with stellate ganglion block is it reduces the symptoms to the point where the, the veteran or the service member or the family member can actually go work with an individual um, in therapy and the therapy doesn't need to take 40 years, um, it can work a lot faster. So I, I think you're absolutely right. So what we do find is I highly suggest doing, like, as I said, Dr. Springer is amazing at this. She's like a true professional in this space. Um, 
So the key point, so let me compare and contrast phthalate to regular medications, right? So you're absolutely right. So people would be fine as people can comply with going to cognitive behavior therapy or trauma-informed therapy. I really don't know that much about it, but I do know specialists and especially Dr. Springer. Um, but the key point there, it reduces their overreactivity so they can comply with that. They don't get pissed off. They don't get shut down. You can actually talk about the real issues. But the difference in that and the medication, a lot of times medication, let's say you take a benzodiazepine before your session. You're not going to f- remember half mm-hmm. the session and you're halfway in doubt. That's not good. You want to have somebody who's clear but not overreactive. And that's what Stella does. That, that's the difference. But I agree with that. If he can calm the waters without sedating you or screw around your memory, people with PTSD already have memory issues. Right. And I think that's a, a critical part of this. And, and obviously, you know, a, a lot of veterans will say, you know, the side effects of the medication, and then you have to take medication to modify the side effects. And those have side effects. And, and there's sort of a, a crescendo effect when it comes to medication. And this, again, I see that this reduces a lot of that. So it, it takes a lot of the medication off the table. Um, We do a procedure called transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is very specific for depression. It takes them a lot off of the medications a lot. Just being off the medications lifts the veteran spirit. Oh, I agree. And our KMS, I think, definitely has a place in it and it's been used for depression for a number of years. It just, the rapidity of it is different. It takes some time to do it. And I agree with you. I, I, I highly applaud approaches which are non medication, such as RTMS, EMDR. You know, all of those, if, if they can reduce the patient's overreactivity, I think that is huge and it helps them very much. So you found yourself, as you said, you've been doing this for the past 15 years. And so shortly after our current um, conflicts began, um, and, and it's take, been, I, I get the sense that it's taken you a while to really get this information out into the mainstream and, and even to be recognized um, by, by medical professionals, by mental health professionals, by the community at large. That is a true statement. <laughs> totally. Yes, sir. Yeah, I gave testimony in front of Congress, U.S. Congress in 2010. I had a letter of support of Senator Obama, 2007. I've applied multiple times for grants, and I've been pretty rebuked pretty good. But I think we're finally in the preface of this being available for the people who need it. And so the idea and one of the goals of this show is to identify what gaps exist. Um, And as Doc Springer and I were talking about what gaps exist in the uh, suicide for the military population space, um, we're talking psychological interventions, we're talking, you know, uh, medication interventions, um, but you're filling a gap that exists when it comes to uh, physiological interventions for a psychological disorder. I think that's totally true. I, I think you're right. Uh, and then not everything is fixable by Stella. There's, there's no one thing that's going to fix everything. But I think giving emotional support, having people to talk to, uh, supporting the spouses. And a lot of times, I, I think you know better than I do because you're out in the trenches. But when a spouse leaves, a lot of times those patients become suicidal at that point. So supporting and understanding also there is a secondary PTSD, as you alluded to, that the significant other can have. So supporting all of that and it's other part of one of my interests is to be able to treat the patient and the spouse. And I also have treated children because the entire family undergoes a severe stress because if typically a father comes back and highly violent and you can predict it, everybody suffers. So everybody went to war, not just the soldier. And that's why, you know, that's why it takes a lot of that. So all I can do is reduce symptoms, but then people as yourself and Dr. Springer can really navigate the complexities of family dynamics and all of that. 
The other part that I wanted to mention is that I didn't realize until I tuned it that 85% of men have sexual dysfunction with PTSD. I wrote a chapter on that, actually. And then turns out stellates seem to reverse a lot of those effects, which is a big deal. Intimacy and the relationship is a big deal as well. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I was actually uh, attending a, a talk with uh, Dr. Urban Yalam, and he was talking about how some clients um, aren't comfortable talking about death and mortality in therapy. Uh, and, and absolutely respect Dr. Yalam, but veterans are, are very comfortable talking about death and uh, mortality in therapy. Uh, as a matter of fact, more comfortable talking about their mortality than they are talking about their sexual dysfunction. Um, that is even Correct. in the therapy space, uh, something that is usually comes out you know, weeks or months later, it says, oh, by the way, I'm having this issue as well. Uh, I didn't realize that SGB um, also had an impact on that. Yeah, I can tell you the physiology behind it. But, you know, I, again, one of the things I think I'm fortunate is having had amazing training in trauma units. And I like being direct. And soldiers, especially male soldiers, I love being directness, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't ask them. It's like, oh, do you have sexual dysfunction? How is it affecting you? It's really not me. It's like, hey, you don't have to tell me but this may actually happen. So if it happens, great. If it doesn't, okay. So I get occasional phone calls. Like, Doc, you know, you're right. And give me this wink. It's like, okay, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> I'm just not a voyeur. <laughs> so, and uh, like you said, you've been doing this for a number of years. How can listeners find out more about uh, Stellate Ganglion Block, um, you know, if they're interested in learning more about the procedure, learning more about you? Sure, if you go into... Uh, www.sgbptsd.com. sgbptsd.com. Really simple. That's great. And I'll make sure that those, uh, that the link to that is in the show notes and uh, we'll, we'll link to some of your articles that you've written on the subject so that uh, the listeners can go find more. Really appreciate you, you so coming much. on the, absolutely. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. You had known Gene for a very long time, and I really appreciated you bringing him or suggesting that he come on the show. Um, I had mentioned to you that I had heard of him. I'd, I'd heard of him on a no- couple of other shows. Um, like you said, not really a true believer. I'm not somebody that believes in this this magic bullet that, you know, the, the one thing that cures everything. Um, but I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Gene. Yeah, and the thing is, Gene wouldn't either. You know, neither one of us would say, as I'm sure you would agree, you know, this is the solution, you know, for post-traumatic stress. Um, in fact, one of the things that is really important, I think, to emphasize is that um, Gene Lipov, Dr. Lipov, really sees this as something that is combined with therapy, really good therapy and other treatments and yoga and meditation to really um, get the effect that we're seeking. And so, you know, I've really thought of this as an accelerant to really good therapy. That's how it's worked for me and for all of the patients that I referred. Um, it's like this. When we're chronically flooded with adrenaline, it's really hard to, to learn new things, to take in new insights and really apply them. Our vision literally tunnels and we're in survival mode. Um, and it's not only our learning that's impacted by post-traumatic stress, but also our sleep is affected, you know, our memories are poor, our sex life can be impacted because chronic over-arousal impacts all of this. So when SGB is used to treat the biological symptoms of this over-arousal, there's a window of opportunity that opens up for people to really make changes in terms of how they think, how they behave, and how they express themselves with those they love. 
So SGB and therapy can work together in a really synergistic way. And like I said, that's really how it's worked for the patients that Dr. Lipov and I have have co-treated. So he believes in the value of therapy. And definitely, I think, you know, what we're about, you and I, Dwayne, is about really not siloing treatments, but working across um, areas of expertise. And I think that people like Gene Lipov um, and others that bring innovation forward are going to be some of our greatest assets for suicide prevention. So I'm really glad we had him on. Yeah, I think it's a great example of the collaborative nature of addressing this issue, right? And he even said it in the show. He's not a psychiatrist. He's not a trained mental health professional. Um, but the thing that he does impacts um, the the psychological uh, makeup and, and the challenges that some veterans face. I think I, I, I deployed with a, a guy um, who didn't know it for the years that I'd known him, he was suffering with extreme, extreme back pain, right? This chronic pain. Um, and after our deployment to Iraq, he had taken some medical leave. He had gotten um, his, some vertebrae replaced, right? He had gotten the, the a vertebrae mm-hmm. fusion. He came in yeah. like, I didn't recognize him. Like his face yeah. looked different. And, and I was, I mean, yeah. he looked literally years younger because he wasn't yeah. dealing with the chronic pain, but I didn't know him before that. And, and it was, it was, uh-huh. it was almost an amazing transformation. And, and that's, that's an example of, it's very hard to yeah. address what's going on if you're in this extreme chronic pain or if you have, you know, gastric mm-hmm. issues or whatever, if we work with the medical uh, community to address those issues in the whole veteran or whole individual concept. Well, this is just the same thing. It just happens to be in the brain, not in the back or the belly. Right. I mean, it's so interesting that you talked about him looking so different because that was another thing that I really wanted to hit on that, you know, Dr. Lipov talked about how people feel remarkably better, markedly better, you know, in the minutes after they receive this procedure and how he never gets tired of seeing that, even doing, you know, many hundreds of cases. And, you know, sometimes we see this in therapy, um, like when someone reaches a new insight Mm -hmm. that changes everything for them, how they see the past, the present, the future, and their face changes. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to put it into words, but but you hit on that. And I, I did want to kind of hit on this as well, because SGB doesn't work for everyone. And I'm saying that based on, you know, 75% to 85% of those treated, according to research, have uh, the outcome that we're seeking. But for the cases that I've referred, it's worked for all of them, uh, 100% hit rate for the cases I've, I've referred. So probably about 25 in total. And what's interesting is that even with such a small sample size of 25 cases, there's remarkable consistency in what people say without having talked to each other in that moment of relief when their face changes. So the majority of them will say, it usually starts with, it's weird, but, and then they will say one of the following things. They'll say, it feels like I have a thousand pound weight that's just been lifted off my chest. Or they'll say, it feels like the first time that I've been in my body for many years. Or they'll say, it feels like I can see and feel things more acutely than I did before. Or they'll say, I felt relaxed. And then the next day they'll say, I slept for the first time in many, many years. So it's independent patients that haven't talked to each other and they have this transformation 
And that's why it's it's really hard, even as a person who doesn't run towards, you know, being a true believer, to not be swayed by, you know, witnessing that kind of an outcome repeatedly from different people that I've known really well that are not the kind of people that would, you know, spin a tale of how they're doing um, after years of suffering. So, yeah, it's really interesting. And those things are the things that you know, can exacerbate a suicidal crisis, right? The insomnia, if I'm not sleeping, if I feel burdened, right? Or if I feel right. like, you know, I'm not in my own body or I'm not comfortable in my, uh, in my environment, you know, all of those things lead to the place where suicide can happen. Um, and so, right. you know, this is not a treatment for suicide. This is a treatment very specifically for post-traumatic stress. Again, I imagine that the 25 veterans that you referred very specifically met the, the diagnostic criteria for PTS. It wasn't somebody who mm-hmm. was told they have PTS, but it's really major depressive disorder or something like that. These were people who were diagnosed yeah. and had the hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. And so for the people mm-hmm. that have this condition, this works. Yep. And I think it's a, a, a great match. That's actually my theory as to why, you know, I have the sort of hit rate for those cases. It's a very small sample size, like I said, but I know them. I I personally assess them. And so I knew, you know, who would be a good fit for this treatment. And, um, you know, he, Dr. Lipov actually doesn't do this like anybody else in the field. He actually is innovative around his methods. So he's doing a uh, two block procedure, a sequential block in two different places. And all of the combat veterans that I've referred have needed this where the first one didn't do the trick. And the second one was really required. So I'm already kind of thinking with him around, you know, how, why it is that maybe two are needed. And he has a deep understanding of the physiology of this and, you know, why that makes sense physiologically. But um, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's just the, the right fit for this treatment um, makes a huge difference. Oh, that's great. And uh, again, I really appreciate you uh, introducing me to Gene, right? Just the conversation that I had with Gene, it was it was great. Obviously, you know, some people might have heard me having some insights. I've really thought a lot about that. The anesthesiologist giving me a, a short lesson on pain, um, which has caused me to change some of my terminology. Uh, but but it, but it was it was a really great conversation, and I appreciate you connecting me with him. And I appreciate everybody for taking the time to check out the show. You can find the show notes for this show at veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash STMSS05. You can get the links to everything that Gene and Shauna and I talked about on this episode. And you can also find the show notes on militarytimes.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Mill Media Group. They're a web design and digital media agency with over 25 years of experience in supporting service members, veterans, and their families. They specialize in working with startups, small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and city, state, and local governments. As a veteran-owned business, they're uniquely qualified to work with those who want to reach an audience in the military and veteran community. If you have a dream or a vision, they can help you bring it to life and get it in front of your audience. You can contact them at one 554 or find them online at millmediagroup.com. Just a reminder that the guests and reflections on this show are for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. While Dwayne and I are mental health professionals, we are not your mental health professionals. We always recommend that you discuss these things with a licensed clinician 
You can find out more about the work that Shauna's doing by checking out her latest book, Beyond the Military, A Leader's Handbook for Warrior Reintegration, and the work that I'm doing with my latest book, Military in the Rearview Mirror. Both are available on Amazon and we'll have links to those in the show notes. And always remember, you can connect with the Veteran Crisis Line by calling 1-800-273-8255 and pressing 1. Chat online with them at veterancrisisline.net or texting 838-255. Thanks again for joining us to talk about seeking the military suicide solution. And make sure to follow Military Times on social media to keep up with the latest shows. Join us next time for another great episode. And until then, remember, you're not alone, ever.